Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Svilen Rangelov, co-founder and CEO of Dronamics. In this episode, we talk about how a fixed-wing drone became the most fuel-efficient aircraft ever, the benefits of a fixed-wing drone for carrying cargo, and how these long-range drones can enable same-day delivery even for remote areas, landing or taking off from empty parking lots across landing strips. Please enjoy my conversation with Svilen Rangelov. Svilen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Martijn. Really great to be here. Uh, my first question uh, every episode is, uh, does logistics matter? Absolutely, it matters. Um, it, you know, when we started the company, one of the inspirations was, uh, I'm, my background is in economics, and I found the research that, that, I found a lot of research that says, you know, if you, if a developing country increases uh, the conditions of its supply chain by up to the median of all developing countries, this will have a greater positive effect for its economy than any political or economic measure they may take. So they can cut taxes, uh, eliminate tariffs, uh, privatize, you know, all these, you know, textbook in economics plays, but nothing, nothing makes as much difference as actually enabling the the free flow of trade and goods so that that that's what i found extremely exciting oh yeah i I didn't know that that's cool so the the topic for today uh is uh drones and um if you follow the logistics news uh they're in the news obviously because it's uh, it's one of those yeah it's it's a it's a techie solution that's popular and it's it's drones robots that's the things that people like and we're always seeing uh we're seeing drones delivering packages or or pizza or uh, sandwiches things like that um uh, uh, last mile um is that what uh what your company dronamics does as well no, uh, we, we took a very different approach when, um, in, in fact, uh, shortly after Amazon, uh, sh- shortly after Jeff Bezos went on 60 Minutes uh, back in December 2013 and announced yeah. that Amazon is going to use those small drones. Uh, shortly after that, my brother and I actually sat and thought, you know, um, there's a better way because the small drones that Amazon and Google and others are using uh, they may be great for the last mile, but they're actually extremely challenging to uh, to get right from a technological and regulatory perspective because they need yeah. to operate in complex urban environments um, and they are more susceptible to, for example, weather, uh, obstacles, um, and so on. And, and ultimately, when you're small, every gram matters. So if the regulator yeah. comes in and says, you need to put like 10 kilograms of additional equipment in order to increase your safety. Your drone is not going to take off, right? You're not just the math is not going to work <laughs> yeah. out. But if you if you put it on a on a large machine, um, then you're going to swallow that, right? But you're still going to have a flight, and you're still going to have a business model. So we we thought actually what we should. Um, target is uh, solving the middle mile. And so our drone is actually a one ton drone 
Uh, it's a fixed wing, so it looks like an airplane. Uh, we designed yeah. it from scratch. Um, and it, it took us seven years to get here. But right now, it's the most fuel-efficient aircraft ever built because it can carry wow. 250 kilograms uh, at a distance of 2,500 kilometers. And yes, it needs runways to take off and land, uh, but these runways can be very short. So um, as, as opposed to large, big airplanes, which need large, uh, expensive airports, um, mm-hmm. we can actually land in very small towns, very small cities, very small villages. Uh, and that's kind of been the vision to enable air cargo for um, every city, every town and every village. So you're saying 2,500 kilometers. So, so what's uh, how does that compare to 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 to? So where, where's the rest in terms of distance? Yeah. So 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 small drones typically they can do between um, five and eighty kilometers. I mean, and that's really depends yeah. on their shape, and they can just carry you know one to five kilograms. Um, so that's why they're last mile. Yeah. Right. They you place an order online and they just bring it over to you and they replace a courier with a, with yeah. a van or a, or a bike. Um, we ha- There's other companies trying to do cargo drones that are larger, but we have by far the longest range. Um, and, and a lot of the other companies uh, with the larger vehicles, they can uh, go only within like, 300 miles, so up to 500 kilometers, and that's even that's a stretch because they use electric propulsion and because they take off vertically, and that's not an efficient way to fly. So they're very, very limited in that sense. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so how is your uh, how is your drone powered? Well, we uh, we took a different direction. We realized, okay electrification will happen one day but it's not here yet right so there's no yeah. uh, there's no certified commercially available uh, electric engines so w- we decided not to wait and to start with what already exists and is proven in, and works very well um, so we started with a piston engine um, made by Rotax uh, and their engines are on you know, large military drones, but they're also on, you know, 60% of the single and two-seat airplanes around the world. So anywhere you land, like even in the most remote places, in the smallest villages, people have seen this engine already and they know how to service it. And it uses actually regular gasoline, so not even uh, jet fuel. It, it, it runs on the same thing that you would put in your car. Um, and And that makes it also... Oh, easy wow. for such remote places because in, in those remote places you may not have reliable electricity, right? So and the way to you would charge a battery would be still to pour a fossil fuel into a generator. <laughs> so um yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we start with this, but the exciting developments are that actually this engine was demonstrated to work on hundred percent synthetic petroleum, uh just recently by another team. And also, it, it's certified to run on some biofuels, and ultimately, uh, that's how we have a path to uh, carbon neutral flight. And and we can do that, you know, 
starting today. So, so what are the so what are the, the what were the first applications that you uh, looked at? Because um, uh, when when I first thought about drones and delivery, um, one of the first things that I saw was was problems in urban areas because it's just you know it's things coming from above. It's it's dangerous. It's it's complex. And uh, and I I I saw applications for remote areas like like uh, well, well I, I guess what they're doing in Africa with uh, also smaller packages um, uh, with um, uh, medical equipment and things like that and um, bringing uh, bringing uh, uh, cargo to uh, uh, areas that are impacted by I don't know a flood or an earthquake. Um, so what what were your what were your first uh, thoughts when you when you thought of this drone was it in that direction or were you already thinking about this middle mile so we my brother who's an aerospace engineer and i we we were we're from bulgaria and we we were raised during you know the uh 90s where bulgaria had just um uh, ended its you know communist regime and this uh, these turbulent mm -hmm. times coincided with a lot of financial uh, turbulence and a lot of, uh, you know, there was the embargo with neighboring Yugoslavia. Uh, there was hyperinflation and so on, like interesting times. But they all kind of made us really aware, even from a childhood age, uh, that, um, you know, whenever you're on the periphery, yes, we are in Europe, but we're on the periphery of Europe. And whenever you're on the periphery, you're not getting the same great deal as somebody who's you know in the in, in the core and, yeah. and that's true on a, on, a, on a national level right so uh, let's say a country like bulgaria the only place that it gets air cargo is is sofia so it, it, the capital but then there's four million people who don't mm -hmm. get air cargo connectivity and this air cargo that comes into the airport needs to continue on a journey it just adds more cost and more cost and when you look at more developing countries you realize that, okay, so um, if if somebody lives in the main gateway, the port city or the, the capital city, um, the, the cost of, you know, consumption there um, is much lower than the cost of, there's a lot of added, um, it, shipping becomes essentially a tax if you live not in the center, right? And, yeah. and, and that's a tax both on what you consume, mm -hmm. but it's a tax on what you produce makes you less competitive if you want to um, produce a good and, and sell it in the big city you have to kind of absorb that shipping cost because the consumer in the big city yeah. uh, you know can just go to another producer from their big city so eliminating that 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 fat <laughs> that shipping tax uh, has been our passion mm -hmm. and, um, and and so the, while we are excited about um, cases like urgent spare parts delivery, uh, pharmaceuticals, emergency response, and so on. What we're trying to build is a long-term yeah. solution. So that, again, every city, every town, every village will have such a drone port gateway and will be instantly connected with all the other cities, towns, and villages in an aerial connection. And there we can just let the marketplace decide, you know, who buys from where, who sells to whom, and a lot more of the value can not be siphoned up in these big urban areas, but actually can be in those smaller tier two, tier three communities. So we are starting with um, 
our partners uh, DHL and Hellman. So in the initial phase, we are working with forwarders. Uh, and <clears throat> the, the initial use cases we've identified are um, shipping spare parts to, for example, for the mining industry, for the maritime industry, uh, AOG, and so on. Um, also some pharma, uh, but ultimately we want to be relevant for e-commerce and essentially all commerce. Yeah, so so if you would uh, so so if we would look at uh, uh, all the ways that 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 is possible to transport uh, cargo from A to B now, so w what modality or what type of uh, transport would uh, would would be your biggest competitor? Uh, I would say long haul road and some short haul air freight. That's kind of the space that we okay. fall in, and uh, but if you if you look at that um, first, you know in Europe we have great connectivity on mainland Europe uh, in terms of roads and very yeah. competitive low pricing for roads, um, which is why um, in Europe for every uh, one thousand kilograms that go on the road, only six kilograms fly. Whereas in the US, it's 36 kilograms of flight for this thousand that go on the road. Um, and ah, yeah. we're talking about yeah. international or interstate cargo. But um, yeah. in other markets, you know, when it takes uh, a journey of, um, you know, the same thing that in Europe may take a day, a day and a half by road, it may take five or seven days there. Um, some countries in Africa, uh, so, some, you know, island uh uh, island countries in Southeast Asia, it's just you can't do road there uh, in a in a meaningful way. So, yeah, that's kind of yeah. the space we operate. The challenge is achieving a price point that will make the market go for that. Because from the shippers' perspective, you're right; they have a toolkit. They can use C, they can use road, they can yeah. use rail, yeah. they can air cargo. So our whole mission was how do we uh, create air cargo that is much cheaper? So the, the speed of air at the cost of road. Um, and in some markets, uh, we can definitely achieve that even, even today. Uh, in some others, we're in charge of premium to road, but uh, we're much faster than road so, and much cheaper than air cargo still. Yeah, so speed of air and and uh, cost of road uh, that that sounds really that, that yeah that, that sounds really good. So so what what is the what is the speed? I mean on on like uh, I mean on average I mean not 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 specifically yeah. the top speed of the drone, which also can be interesting, but more from a from yeah. a logistics perspective. Yeah, so uh, it's around two hundred kilometers per hour, um, and you know we <clears throat> typically a road journey is. 25%, 30% longer in kilometers. Yeah, 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 because you have the turns. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so it, it would be the equivalent of, you know, 250 kilometers per hour on the road. Wow. Uh, if you want to make that comparison. That's, that's yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good three times faster than yeah. a truck. Wow. E easily, yeah. Yeah, that's easily. <laughs> when it's on a highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because you need you need highways then. Yeah, no, you're, you're yeah. so right. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, so we are not relevant for journeys of, I would say, less than, you know, 250 or 300 kilometers unless yeah. those journeys happen to be over water. 
um, but on overland journeys, because we ask you, we are a middle mass solution. We need a runway on both ends yeah. and we're asking the customer to come in and just doesn't make sense for shorter journeys. So that's why we don't really see ourselves as a competitor to any of the vertical takeoff, um, um, you know, vertical takeoff and landing drones, because they're ultimately going to be rather a complement. Uh, when we land at the runway, they're the ones that can take it for the last 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers. So, so what's the, the so uh, just this just popped up in my head. What uh, what size do I need to need to think about? I mean, I know I, I have you know, and I have an idea about the, the weight of 350 kilograms. But but what's this? What's the size? If you could like um, just just name a commercial product uh, in size that you could that you could move. Well, actually, um, we chose 350 kilograms because that's how much you can fit in a small delivery van, right? Ah. In a Renault Kangoo. You can actually fit in kilograms. And here's the interesting part. On kilograms, it can fit more. But on, on, on volume, and we know nowadays everything being packaged separately and so on, yeah. volume is actually what make, matters. It's about three and a half cubic meters. And so we took that three and a half cubic meters and realized that we need to have that cargo density of 100 kilos to the cubic meter, which is the cargo density of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we designed the airplane. So think of it as a flying delivery van. Everyone is making flying cars. We're making a flying delivery van. Ah, nice. Okay. Uh, and and what are your, uh, so what are your uh, uh, main markets? I mean, you, you, you need to fly longer distances but but that's already possible in europe or or do you see it more in in the us where where the distances are really longer or in africa where um where the roads are are much worse or asia or uh long term it will be emerging markets that will benefit the most from that yeah uh, and it will be the biggest market uh southeast asia is fastest growing e-commerce markets in the world um for example but we are starting from europe and we we plan to have global operations, so to be in all these markets that you listed. Um, and the reason why we start from Europe um, is a we're European. Uh, <laughs> yeah. B, <clears throat> B, and you know we have to kind of eat our own dog food. Uh, then and, and and B, we the regulations here actually are the most advanced in the world, and were. Um, adopted uh, a year or so ago. So we're actually uh, the first cargo drone airline to get a license to fly. Um, and that's quite exciting. And that that is to, that is exciting. Uh, we, we, we got that license in Malta. Um, and that license is EU-wide. So it allows us to fly um, commercially um, throughout all of the EU. And we plan to start commercial operations uh, in the second half of this year. Wow! And and this will be uh, so so. And this will will be with the the, the partners that you mentioned. Will, will it be uh, will it be warehouse to warehouse, or will you start uh, will you start airport to airport? We'll start airport to airport. Um, we fly from Malta to Italy first, uh, and then expand it to Italy and other markets um, in. Uh, um, in, in cooperation with DHL and Hyaman first. But there's also a number of other customers that we have in the pipeline, uh, both forwarders, but also end customers like Fortune 500 
retailers, um, you, you know, companies in the pharma, fashion, electronics industries. Yeah, it makes sense to me as well. The, 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 from a, uh, I don't know how to say, the, a proof, proof of uh, a proof of co- concept uh, a kind of way that you start from an airport because the airport has, uh, I mean, they actually have runways. They know what they're doing and they they know how to manage incoming flying objects. So I, I guess it, uh, I guess it, it makes uh, sense. But it's it's but it's if I uh, if I understand you correctly, it's not not. Uh, per se, the direction you you want to take, you want to be able to uh, uh, to to land at other spots than airports as well. Yeah, you, you nailed it. That's correct. So we had to develop the drone uh, because no comparable airplane existed that could deliver those metrics and be so cost efficient. Uh, yeah, but then we had to figure out where it lands, and because we are the ones designing the airplane, we um, and because our vision is, again, every city, every town, every village, and villages don't have typically airports, we realize we need to make no. it able to even land on uh, uh, unpaved surfaces and grass, gravel, and so on, and to make that runway very short, so around 400 meters uh, or less. So, um, yes, we are starting with airports, uh, first because for airports to exist in a place, that means there's uh, you know, a fair size of commercial opportunity there in that community. Uh, yeah. But also because, like you said, uh, the airports are a safe, secure environment that's uh, with people who have the expertise and the experience of a similar type of operations. We're very much like, an, uh, an, uh, like any other airline. And, um, but phase two would be once we prove that out, in airport operations, we would take that drone port equipment that we are developing, um, which is essentially the ground stations, the cameras, the antennas that we place on an airfield, and we would go after uh, logistic centers. So essentially, like a like a logistics parks, um, they have large parking lots for all the trucks, so we could land there, uh, or even uh, seaports and farm fields. Right, in order to expand the network. Uh, so, so uh, do you need uh, do you need a, a additional certification uh, to, to do this, or 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 would it be uh, so? So, is, is phase two is that a different uh, phase also from a, a license point of view? Well, <clears throat> even currently, um, there's if you if you think about that, there's around three hundred or so airports in Europe but 3,000 mm-hmm. airfields in Europe, right? So a lot of those are actually rural airfields uh, and so on. So, so the oh, regulators yeah. have, have a different bar for these more regional or yep. rural uh, agricultural airfields. So yes, we are going to comply with uh, all the necessary rules, um, but it's not regulation driven why we start in airports. In fact, it does add complexity if we start from airports because we have to obviously coexist with the other manned aviation on those airports. Yeah. Um, but we're starting yeah. because of, we can leverage the experience and expertise of the of the airport partners on the ground. And like I said, because there's they, they can bring also uh, other commercial value when, when you, you can start thinking about, okay, uh, all those big freighters that fly, you know, um, that, that come from China, for example, into Europe, uh, they they cannot, like they land in, in, in a city, for example, in Liege Airport, uh, which is Alibabaska, mm-hmm. but they 
they do not have the flying rights to then continue on from Liège uh, and do those feeder flights uh, because of foreign ownership restrictions. We can do that. We can be that feeder airline uh, because we're much smaller pieces, 350 kilos instead of yeah. 100 tons. And we can actually do that last leg, uh, the, the feeding um, after parcels have been, like after cargo has been deconsolidated. So there's a lot of opportunities at the airports as well. Uh, Svilen, your 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 drones have no uh, pilots, at least not uh, in the drones. Um, are they uh, 100% uh, uh, autonomous? Uh, you're talking about stations installed uh, on on what did you, what did you call them? Pod the um, drone boards, the drone boards, yeah, Ground drone boards. Yeah, so there's equipment installed there. So uh, uh, are there are they uh, remotely monitored? Can, can you can you can you can you tell me how that works? Yeah, so um, we have pilots which are commercially uh, trained pilots. So it's not some teenagers who did an online drone course. Uh, <laughs> these, are, these, are, these are commercial aviation pilots. So they absolutely uh, you know very high skilled and aware of the you know how important it is to to to, to have safety uh, in the air so we have teams of pilots mm -hmm. at every single drone board and those teams are in charge of the takeoff and the landing um, part the cruise is done by autopilot um, but during cruise mm -hmm. it's not drone port pilots that are in charge it's a network operation center that will be one for all of Europe that will oversee this and those um, and again, it will have trained commercial pilots in that network operation center, but they'll be able to monitor and intervene if uh, there's an issue uh, during mid-flight. So that's how it yeah, works. Yeah, so that's actually, purely for, for emergency for emergency reasons. Yes. Or something, yeah. something goes wrong with the drone and they can make sure that it uh, lands in a safe place. That's, that's the, so the control yeah. center pilots have more uh, an emergency uh, an emergency uh, uh, function, and then the the, the pilots uh, uh, that are linked to the airports, they are for landing and takeoff. And are they exactly. physically there? Yeah, they're physically there. They're physically there. Uh, so if you think about it, that net, that's network operation center is a lot like what we have right now as air traffic control. But air traffic control, yeah. they can the most they can do is scream at the radio, right? It's up to the pilot in the cabin yes. uh, yeah. to do to follow. Um, but here they will have full control to make draw, and we have a number of contingencies and uh, and so on. There's a lot of redundancies in those systems, you know, to make sure that if, um, if if one or two systems or there's some failures, um, that we can still uh, maintain safety and you know land safely. Uh, and, and continue on. Yeah, the, I mean that's clear. You would have never be, be become the, the the first licensed cargo drone company in the in 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 Europe. Is it in Europe or in the world? Uh, well, to our knowledge, the world. But uh, yeah, <laughs> even better. But you're starting in Europe. We're starting, which Europe. is cool as well. I mean, I'm from Europe, so uh, you know, you're making Europe, you're making Europe proud in that sense. But it makes yeah, sense, you know, you would have never gotten that license if you d didn't have all these redundancy systems. Has yeah, to be and, safe. And, and and by the way, this is a great example of how Europe 
can be a regulatory leader. I know a lot of people tend to quote this as a negative with EU and regulations about this and that. But when, yeah. when those regulations are like that and they actually enable industry, it's a, it's a total net positive. So great job to you. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And um, so, uh, so there, there's one thing that, that made me think, uh, you know, uh, you, you have always have uh, people living close to, relatively close to airports. They're always complaining about the sound. Now, when you live too close to an airport, you, you know what to expect. And I expect your drone not to make as much noise as a freighter, but you're going to be flying, landing and taking off uh, in, you're saying, smaller rural areas as well. So should people in rural areas uh, be worried about, uh, uh, well, droning? <laughs> I mean, about the, the droning sound or, or, or is that? Well, so actually, uh, we use an existing engine that other, you know, single or two-seat aircraft use. Uh, and they're not that noisy. And also because we need such a short uh, amount of runway, um, it's really by the time we are out of the perimeter of the drone po uh, of the airport, we're actually uh, much higher and the noise is actually a lot less, right? So because we don't need to, yeah, when we cross those like three kilometers of, uh, to the perimeter, we're actually much higher than uh, another airplane would be. So, um, and, and also we have to know that uh, those uh, Europe, in Europe, like I said, 3,000 airfields, well, there's other activity happening there, right? And there may be small agricultural airplanes yeah. doing crop testing and so on, and, and they're uh, noisier than we are. So, um, yeah, we're not worried about that. Uh, obviously, we're um, cool. We're investing a lot to improve that, but this is not something uh, the uh, pe people should worry about. Okay. Now, if we look at the, the future for uh, for for transporting uh, a cargo with drones, I mean, the the, the first uh, the first giant leap you guys are taking it, which is which is really cool. Um, what's what's in the, what's in the future for us? Yeah. So what we are really excited about is the opportunities this new technology opens. When when the pilots remain on the ground and do not travel with the vehicle, you actually get a lot more uh, ability to do point-to-point -point, uh, network instead of ad hoc, uh, instead of uh, having spoke. Which means that you could be a lot mm -hmm. more uh, can be. Uh, much more responsive to demand. What, that, what I mean by that, right, right now, all these logistics companies, they invest a lot in predictive analytics uh, and, and, and the airlines as well, yeah. telling them how much cargo they should expect tomorrow from a, from, from a given city. But when their airplanes are, you know, 20 ton, 60 ton, 100 ton capacity, there's not much they can do if they have an extra two tons or they, they miss 20 yeah. tons. Whereas we, with with this, because it's a smaller form factor, it's like a smaller pixel. You can achieve much higher resolution and you can fly at near full capacity almost every time. Because if today you have 20 tons, but tomorrow you have two tons, you have 18 tons worth of drones that you can send to another uh, destination where you know that extra 18 tons will be taken from. So that, that's going to bring a lot of efficiency. Uh, it's going to reduce emissions 
because you're not using the same huge machines to carry like to be half empty. Um, yeah. And 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 that's one part we're very excited about. And the other part we're very excited about is actually um, shortening the supply chain. When you think about what happens now, is uh, you know uh, there, there's goods uh, manufactured in Asia, and then they go on sea, and then they get into these big, big fulfillment centers. But um, from those big fulfillment centers, they deconsolidate and go into these country fulfillment centers. Um, and then from that country fulfillment center, they sit around. There's a lot of sitting around of those packages in places where the, uh, you don't really know if the customer is going to buy them. And, and the customer buys them, you know, weeks after they've been produced. And, and so there's a lot of inefficiencies in that model and a lot of steps and a lot of handoffs. Whereas with this, as soon as, soon as the ship arrives at the port, they can sit at the port. And because it's a cheap uh, same-day air capacity that we can do, you actually can increase the same-day coverage to hundreds of kilometers. And, you know, you basically can cover all of Europe in the yeah. same day. Whereas right now, Amazon Prime, the limit of same-day same coverage is one and a half hours drive with, with, with this. So what that yeah. means is they need to stock inventory in probably 100 points around Europe. With us, they can stock it only in one point and just ship it only when it's demand. So that's quite exciting. It also means that small merchants uh, don't need to you know, uh, sell wholesale. They can get direct to consumer and they can ship direct to consumer only when the consumer paid them. So that's, that's quite exciting as well. That is exciting. Those are huge supply chain improvements. Uh, Svilen, thank you. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I didn't even say this, but uh, congratulations on, on being the first uh, drone company to get this, this cargo license. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you, ha you guys have a very exciting uh, product. I, I can't wait for one uh, to, to land in, uh, in the area of Rotterdam. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd for sure like to see one. Uh, for see, I'd like to see one in operation. Uh, thank you very much for 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 well for teaching me so much about uh, uh, about drones and and uh, yeah widening my uh, my my I don't know my view yeah my view of it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the wonderful conversation. It's really great to uh, be able to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter. For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to martijn at logisticsmatter.com. That's M-A-R-T-I-J-N. Or connect to me via LinkedIn and send me a message. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ruggerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Dronamics. Dronamics wants to democratize air freight and lower the cost of shipping everywhere. Its Black Swan drone can autonomously carry 350 kilograms over 2,500 kilometers. It can land on short and unpaved runways, enabling on-demand point-to-point -point flights and speedy same-day delivery even to the most remote locations. For more information, visit dronamics.com.